2: Listeners, this is Haunted Tales, your weekly dose of horror. Tonight, our tale is one of telepathy, ghostly beings from beyond the stars, and a mysterious blue goo. It is a tale of a lost ship, a frightened crew, and a doctor on the brink of madness. This tale comes from Lord Padini Foglio of House Renata. Fuck. How did he get in here? Well, that's nothing to worry
0: about, Now, uh, You were going to tell a tale of the lost ship, the Tau Marie
2: Celestia. No, I wasn't.
0: But but you gave a great setup and everything.
2: No, I will absolutely not.
0: Then perhaps I should take over from here. Uh, so unless we left our intrepid adventurers.
2: I think you're in the wrong podcast. Or... Am I in the wrong podcast?
0: Well, that sort of confusion is normal when dealing with telepaths and blue goo as Mirgrat was about to discover. In uh, Medbay, in, in the isolation lab, again, the jar is opened. The jar had some interesting writing on the inside that someone identified. It was either, I thought it was Wagner, but it, it might have been Tuvo, who didn't recognize it, but it was kind of a proto, maybe kind of, sort of, of uh, the, the, the Ithian language. Um, I guess the de- variations, differences between... It's kind of like the step between cuneiform and hieroglyphics.
2: Mm-hmm, mm
0: mm-hmm. So, but again, it might be Ithian, it might not, it's hard to, you know, really say. But again, inside the jar was a lot of goo, a lot of strange blue goo, and inside the blue goo was a at first everyone thought was a giant ruby about the size eh, larger than a softball smaller than a basketball that's a big ass ruby yep however it was multifaceted red and it had tendrils coming out the back that was about the size of a rope until (laughs) everyone figured out they were neural tissue eyeballs and what you were looking at was a eye which The only persons in the room who I could identify it would be Tuvo and Ty, which again, you're looking at a Yithian eye. And that's when the goo sort of, and some of it was poured into a a tray, some of it was kept in the jar, and the goo on the tray, kind of in a chorus-like voice asked, are we home now?
3: Oh, it asked when when I attempted to communicate with the brain telepathically, and the brain didn't say anything, but the goo did. Yep. Yep. I remember this now.
1: Uh huh.
0: So, because it wasn't <laughs> a brain, it was an eye. And yes, so you're like, oh god, what is this? When even Doo-Li stops and kind of does the did did the goo just talk? Uh, <laughs> the goo in the. Uh, I, I this explains why she's going to be where she is. The goo in the jar envelops her face for a moment and there is this puff of blue mist that comes out of the jar now do leave for a moment just kind of like what is this what get it off me get it off me and then she goes down now again thankfully all the doctors you know some of the people like whoa, whoa let's get to her get to her. And even rule puts his hand out and says no points at the mist we don't know what that is we don't want to make anybody contaminated by this because remember, she even Dulia is wearing a face mask.
3: Yeah, yeah. so yeah. we're live now. Um, the first thing is going to do is uh, hit whatever button activates the quarantine protocol for the entire med lab. Uh, like, I'm going to get us officially fully locked in.
1: Okay, you can't her her like do that officially?
0: <laughs> okay, let's not lie. Ty's going to stand there like a goddamn idiot while she says the phrase in her head, I told you so. I told you not to go in there. I mean,
3: if anyone's being anything uh, like a
1: goddamn idiot, it's the people who didn't listen to Ty. Uh, I mean, she will <laughs> say this, but not during the emergency because it's distracting.
0: Exactly.
3: Sorry, when I say officially locked down, I mean it's uh, like, Mirgrat's going to activate the full lockdown protocols because this shit can't get out
0: well that's the thing meregrat can't but you've got the head of surgery right there in front of you so, again, for drama purposes, I would basically think that uh, Mirgrat would turn immediately to Rule and say, lock this place down, lock it down now! And him, in a slight daze, would go, wait, what? And Mirgrat basically reaching on uh, their lapel, pulling out, you know, pulling the translator unit, shoving it in his face and saying, lock this place down now! You know what, let me give you that sound like
3: <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Rule! It is imperative that you lock this entire
0: line down immediately! <laughs> Not bad. Give me, give me one more with absolute force after he kind of blat- he, uh, blatantly kind of stares at you for a second and blinks. Rule! Lock this entire log down immediately! There you go! Thank you! Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we now have a... Uh, a ringtone that you can download for only nine
1: ninety five. <laughs> only, I don't remember. Uh, but... Ringtones are expensive. Dark guy. This lab is a fuck down. What
3: did you say again? Hey, rule! Look, look, this lab's a fuck down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that I like, and then the funny thing is, is that I can almost hear that in the Babylon Five story as a PG thirteen story with your own a translator designed to edit out swear
1: words? <laughs>
3: I mean, I don't know if Mirgarat really swears much, uh, but Becca does. <laughs> yeah, Ty
1: definitely does. I have to stop myself all the time.
0: <laughs> we initially said, okay, we're going to keep this PG-13. Now at this point, you know, for at least for swear words, I don't care. I don't think anybody else does. Let's run with it. I
3: mean, I, uh, I, I assume we were doing like PG-13 for content, but like... We, you know, like, we didn't really care about dropping some F-bombs.
0: We did initially because some people were uncomfortable, but most of those people are gone. Oh, so. well,
3: okay. <laughs> might be that. I might be the reason why. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all right. We're good with that. I, I For a while, I actually liked the idea that as a PG-13, we would allow one F-bomb per show, and that word, it gets kind of, like, used very appropriately. you got to figure out you know exactly when to use it. But yeah, you, he when he hears a, uh, uh, I got a lot to edit out now, damn it. Uh, when the doc, uh, when the doc hears Dually, he he kind of blinks. Goes yeah. yeah, right, right, right. Hits a couple, yeah. of, you know, keypads. Announces, you know, initiate lockdown procedures. Authorization, uh, rule five eight nine two, uh, and everyone like understands this in Medlab Just kind of goes sealed. Now, it's not the whole med lab, because, again, there's places where patients are and there's places where people are being kept. But basically, the isolation lab and the room which you guys are in has been cut off from the rest of the ship, all things considered.
3: And now we're officially in bottle episode.
0: Nice. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) (sighs) Which also, by the front of the going, damn, I didn't plan on that. Okay, I'll work with it. Okay. Uh... <laughs> there's gonna be cards that come in, I'm gonna I'm warn sorry.
3: You, uh, you. you released, like, a terrifying nanocloud, and you didn't expect a full lockdown?
0: I, well, I, it's in Isolation Lab, so that's why I figured... I, I, that's why they have Isolab, it's isolated. For just no, these purposes, literally, so that no plague breaks yes, but
3: since we're in Isolab, it, like, the idea, like, if there is something that we want to keep there, like, we all
1: have to stay there or else it defeats the point of isolab. And we double isolated. Well,
0: no, no. Yeah. Basically, that there's there's a, uh, an actual isolab, which is basically... Well, you remember the show? They had to go through the... They had med lab, and then the isolab was basically for things that were non-normal air breathers, or methane breathers, or things that might be infectious that they had to go through a airlock system to yeah. even get in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's what happened. Dooley got into that airlock and is in there. And when you said, you know, lock us down, everything inside that isolab was already locked down, but he locked down the, the next section outside of it,
1: just in yeah, case, I'm,
0: so.
3: As no you should, they went through the mask. It's
1: really hard to mm-hmm. keep an isolated, like a random gas cloud inside a container area, so it makes sense.
0: Well, true, but that's why they have the isolab, because again, it's running on its own uh, oxygen uh, system. It's completely isolated. But again, yeah, if, if it went through the cloud, if the cloud went through the mask, then that's the problem. So basically, yes, uh Doo-Li goes down and thankfully all the, the systems recording what's going on are still active. And they do still register that uh, Doo-Lee is still alive, functional. She's not even what they would call a comatic state. She's basically in a very, very deep sleep. Not like coma, as in, you, you know, you could poke a pin in you and, and you're and you're not going to feel it, but more of the... Oh, actually, this is a good one. The only person in the room who would be able to do this, so I'm just going to give a little bit to you. Can I get a telepathy check from Mirgrat?
3: Yeah, you can.
0: <laughs> I love that. Fuck, yeah, you can. <laughs> um, 22. Okay, I'm going to give this to you enough where you basically are understanding based from the, the vibes and the excitement you hear from the goo. Vibe Jack. The... Sorry, what? Excitement. Uh, vibe
3: Jack <laughs> Because everything vibes from the goo. Anyway.
0: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little bit like the Ghostbusters 2. But yeah, so the pace basic... <laughs> Sorry, good. Yeah, that really should be a, be a skill. Vibe check. Mm, I'm getting a... You know, p- 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 <laughs> my meerkat senses are tingling. <laughs> But basically, there is a sense of excitement and a sense of telepathic probe going on, but it's being defeated for Julie. And can you, as Mirgrat, figure out why? Because Julie
3: has no innate or latent telepathic abilities.
0: Bingo! <laughs> yes. You can... They, they are trying to get direct contact, but it's not working because as far as you can tell, it looks like they need something to bridge the gap. They're not, you know, just, you know, oh, look, what's in a mine to invade? It's more like the, you know, um, hello? Hello? There's somebody in there, but the the, the the front door buzzer is, is broken. How do we get in? Hello?
3: Yeah, I'm going to send them a telepathic message that's the equivalent of the number you have dialed is not in service. <laughs>
0: Give me a quick telepathy check. This is an alien substance.
3: Thirty, not twenty, oh, baby. 30. We're best friends now. Oh. Wanna go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so telepathically, you just kind of do the whole, you know, nobody is here right now. Please back away from my friend. And with a thirty, suddenly you get a very primal sense of what this goo really is and this is probably the point where i hope you have a drink ready uh no one wants to have a drink ready Well oh, that's true here's the uh, thing we realize the goo the goo is so many little individual voices it's not so much a nano cloud it is it is sort of like spores that are kind of sentient it's almost as if the goo itself is nothing more than a collective of amoebas and simple multicellular organisms as a liquid, as a pool, working together. The other thing about them is you realize is that this pool of goo is young, as in exceedingly young, like within a couple of hours or days old and you have a sneaking suspicion who their parents are, judging from a few details.
3: What details would these be?
0: The fact they all act in a hive mind, the fact that they, I mean, they all talk in unison, like you're talking to one entity, but it's coming from a, a million independent little voices. The other thing is, is that they chitter and they chirp as they talk, even telepathically there is a feeling like you've just stuck your hand inside a beehive without stings. So that feeling of crawling and buzzing and flittering is all over your brain right now. It's not in, you know, probing you, but it is definitely engaged. So you kind of have that feeling of bugs all down your brain and spine. Gross.
3: So, if this goo is uh the uh, precursor to the bugs and is also a hive mind uh would that mean that it's goo social uh-huh. can't see it but i'm doing finger gods <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ow, 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 ow! Okay, uh... <laughs> I don't get it. It's uh, okay if, uh, if, if they have to treat them...
3: Insects like bees are, are described as having a eusocial uh, structure. Oh.
0: <sighs> <Okay>. <sighs> yes, goo social, and if again, if they, uh uh if, if they rebel against you and you have to use medication then it would be uh antibiotic social yeah. anyway but yes yeah, so you get this feeling uh that they're all talking in unison as youngins i mean they they almost you almost sound like very 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 very, very young children like again i don't know how to pop uh, a pop bud and I remember that, but I don't remember how large the bud is, if you're talking basically yeah, tadpoles, tadpoles, or you're talking... We,
3: we, we spend the first part of our life cycle, like, in pools. Okay. Very tadpoles.
0: <laughs> the pac are more like Dr. Zoidberg every time I hear it. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so basically, imagine a pool of, of tadpoles that all speak as one. Because the pool is too thick of tadpoles.
3: No. Mm. No, I will not. That sounds awful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's what this... Again, you have that sense of things. With the 20, you can pull out at any time because you were definitely the one in control. But you can
3: feel them kind of going the... Oh, no, I mean... Becca, <laughs>
0: Becca's a Thank you, Ty!
1: Uh, <laughs> you walked right into it, man. Couldn't resist. Yeah,
0: I know, I know. You're dealing with little tadpoles in a goo that you can pull out any time.
1: Yeah, I get it! Uh, <laughs> you walked right into I'm it, man. Sorry. I couldn't resist.
3: And you gave me shit for goo social? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I apologize. I have been single for too long. But, um... Uh, <laughs> So there's, that's what the goo seems to be, and it's trying to probe into doo but eventually it just kind of, you can hear it kind of shrug and say, well, that's not working. And then it kind of, the, the goo in the pool, on the in, the, in the, the tray, and the goo in the canister start sliding towards each other. And it very much looks like, not like a spray or, it, it... It's very much like the blob i mean that's there's only one metaphor i can think of offhand it looks like the blob trying to you know ooze its way out of things
3: okay i have a thing i want to try with this goo okay because this goo is a baby mm-hmm. i want to try and see if i can get this goo to imprint on me
0: you want the goo to think of you as mom well, or dad? Parent.
3: Um, parent. Parent of unspecified gender. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and yes, because like then I can like guide it to not be terrifying. Uh, people eating bugs, and also I can tell it to like not. I can like teach it to to not be rude with telepathy
1: take care- parenting advice from Ty, because she would tell you that's borderline topical. Like, you just never know what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> so, okay, if you want to try to imprint them, at this point I'll leave another telepathy check. You will be at a minus, but because you're, at, you're uh, again, working with an alien substance. Oh, <laughs> alien no, I have the,
3: uh, well, actually, hang on, let me double check that real quick. Okay. Because I, I know I have a feat that offsets that.
0: You do, but it's usually for one of the other established races, not normally for a strange xenomorphic blob. Uh,
3: nope. Adaptive Mind says no penalty on interspecies telepathy.
0: Okay, I will apply then, if that's what it says.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm. Go for it. 28. Okay, not bad. So when you kind of try to do the imprint of the, you know, I am your parent, you know, you will do as I say. There is a bit of a pushback initially. Again, like it feels like any other kid doing the. Aww! But at the same time, it's also like um, the kids you're doing. But you don't think like a bug. You don't think like us. You're not even part of us. Where's Where's the food? We need food. We want. You know, we, we have to grow big and strong. Don't you, and you're trying to bring other ideas into this and there's definitely resistance Uh, but at the moment they're not feeling anything that is other than hunger and need uh, a lot of it but the concepts that you're trying to throw out I am the parent are very difficult for it to understand
3: I'm getting the feeling that I'm going to need to feed this stuff in order for it to think I'm its parent which is fair okay (laughs) um -hmm. So, um, when it is asking about
0: food, am I getting like a mental picture of what this stuff eats? You know what? I'll go for that. Uh, since you're doing telepathic and kind of working not actually with language, but with impressions, it gives you an idea of what it wants. And again, you're asking a kid, what do you eat? And the closest they come back with is images of neurons. Okay, it eats brains. It's a brain-eating goo. Brain-eating bug goo, this is not a drill, people. Uh, the the, the doctor went, I, 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 it's a, a, wait, but that's the same blue goo that we found on the the brain that you brought us, uh, from the shuttle. Yes,
3: the brain whose mass has somewhat diminished since it has been in your custody.
1: That is true. It's devouring it. <laughs> mm, gross. I like make my kid wear a mask.
0: Hi, <laughs> 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 kid. Put this on for everybody's sake. Forever. Um, okay. So,
3: as previously established, canonically in a, in our podcast, mm-hmm. the Pacuara don't eat the the brains and spinal cords of uh of the things that they eat because uh prions are real and they are bad Hmm. so what i want to do is put a call into uh the pak cafeteria and ask for a delivery of some of their discards
0: you could you could put it. Well, that's the thing. This place is still locked down, remember? So they can't actually get anything in or out.
1: I think I mean, this is a terrible idea. And we should just hope it starves to death and dies because who knows what it's going to turn into? I mean,
3: or what if you or, feed it
1: and you can't control it? And yeah, then
3: but on the it's hand, just
1: running around. We can't control what. it. Even with? Um
3: and it already has Denise's brain in there to eat. So like the, I, I feel like at this op- at this point our options are don't feed it and still can't control it or feed it and maybe we can't control it but also maybe it likes us.
1: You're the boss. I'm just saying
3: Oh I sorry, so I you're thought I would try
1: to trade
3: um.
0: Sorry,
1: what was this?
3: Sorry, I, I thought we were having this conversation over the table,
1: hence the lack of Mirgrat voice. Oh no, sorry. My bad. <laughs> sorry. I should have clarified that.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So basically though, Mirgrat wants to feed it, but also again to get it to understand it, but also as a trade for don't eat dooley here, eat this thing.
3: Yeah, like I would really like to keep this from eating Dooley's brain. Okay. Like, I, I feel like that's goal uh, number, I guess two, because goal number one is keep it from, like, getting out of here and eating everyone's brain, but, like, as a subset of that goal, keep it from eating Dewey's brain.
1: I mean, Ty is not going to advocate for letting okay. it be Dewey because she, even she's not like that, but also she is not sold that Mirgarad can control this thing indefinitely, even if it works for a little bit, and who knows what it's going to turn into maybe some giant bugs that take the place of people's heads and walk around in suits.
3: I mean, I guess the question is how much do the bugs remember their childhoods? Cause like, is it going to be like a Charizard situation where, like,
0: <laughs> okay. First of all, the fact that you had to phrase, is this a Charizard situation? Fills me with a weird sense of, of, of fun. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a good metaphor. Yeah. It is good metaphor.
3: So like, is it a Charizard situation where like once it evolves, it like it doesn't care that you rescued it as a Charmander when it was a when it was sad and adorable and trying to take shelter from a rainstorm under a leaf because you're not strong enough to like control it? Or is it gonna be like one of those things where like you raise an elephant from when it's a baby and now it's like you, now it, like, loves you and listens to what you say, and, like, you have a tame elephant. I don't know if this That's is a big thing you do with elephants. Just, like... Uh, at the,
0: at, the big metaphor for elephants that I'm, I've am always been familiar with is you always put the heavy chain uh, around a young elephant's neck, but you put the light rope around an adult's elephant's neck. Because when they're young, they learn they cannot get out of things wrapped around their neck. But as they get older, they're so used to expecting the chain that if you put a light rope around them, they think they can't escape even though they could shred out of yeah,
1: it. Yeah, I'm going to gaslight this goo. I mean, that's... That's workable, actually. You know? I would have figured rat was going to be, like, nice to it. But...
3: I I will be nice to it, but, like... That doesn't mean I'm not going to try and get it to not eat the brain, not eat sentient brains.
1: Well, um, all right.
0: What's <laughs> <laughs> a little, you know, ethical grayness? I actually appreciate that. So let's run with that.
1: Grey matter is kind of the topic to your. Pie is not going to care about exactly, that. Exactly. Anyway. That's She is hoping <laughs> to figure out a way she can get out of quarantine before this starts happening. But uh, seems unlikely, so... Well, the
0: doc even points out that, look, uh, you could try to get the some stuff for the Pac-Murah. I don't know if they even keep neural tissue anymore. But th- th- what you're dealing with is a uh, system organism that we're still under lockdown. It won't be able to get out because we've closed all the doors and we've closed all the windows. Yeah, it's an isolab, so the only way to get anything to it would be to break quarantine uh, one way or the other.
3: I mean, I feel like there's a way to, like, get stuff in as long as as there's nothing coming out. Because otherwise, like, you would have issues where people are in quarantine and, like, then they run out of food or whatever.
1: That's fair, like they should. Yeah, yeah they probably well, could, like, put it, like, go through a cubby in the door or something. Like a doggy door, good mm-hmm. for food.
3: Like in old timey jails,
1: <laughs> when they open up the thing and, like, put the truck yeah. in there and shut it again.
3: Yeah. Yeah, except, like, high tech and medical.
1: Yes, except with blinking lights.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Increase the flash cordon noise and put more science stuff around. <laughs> He actually thinks, about well, like, we have a way of doing pass-through with essentially a smaller version of the airlock itself, but if this thing is getting through the gas, sort getting get through the mask, it's worrisome whether or not it can get through that if we even, you know, provided an opening. If
3: it can get through the mask, then there's no reason it, we can't get through the Isolab containments as they are now.
0: I said, well, that's true. He yeah. kind of sags for a few minutes, and then he says, there is another way
3: Please listen. To me.
0: The brain you sent me was in an isolab. It's not that one, but the isolabs are connected enough that with a couple of twists of a button or you know, pushes of a button and a couple commands, I could get it the, the lockdown container delivered to this isolab.
3: I am going to ask the goo if it would be able to share a brain
1: with additional
0: goo. Okay, give me another telepathy check.
1: Okay. I think these goos connect. Really, a good idea. I mean, <laughs> uh,
0: nineteen. So, okay. Would you? Uh, oh, there was the echo again. Uh, so basically, when you try to ask it, you know, are you willing to share a brain? There is this general feeling of. What is share? Oh boy.
3: We have a lot of cultural
1: concepts to cover. Maybe it'll be like two colonies <laughs> advanced. And if you put them in the same cage, they just fight to the death. I would solve all our problems. I ants would really say this. But also I'm saying this. Um some huh. like sometimes, not all ants, but like some species. You know? I've seen it on TV.
0: Yeah, fair enough. My brain immediately goes to you know Ant Mortal Combat. Yeah.
3: Um it's it's be make... like little ants
0: with like little swords. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like wait, like the Bugs Life, you know, except with fatalities. Um... <laughs> so that's a good question, though. You don't know what it's going to do until you get it together. Mm-hmm. Considering after the response of what is share.
3: So I feel like either it's going to, I feel like, like it may just go through the brain faster or it may, like, I'm worried that they'll get mad, not destroy each other, but the one of the, the goo that, that loses the battle over the single brain that we provide is then going to go on the hunt for a new brain. At which point it's going to go after one of us.
1: I mean, probably Dewey, because Dewey is literally right there. Unless it already ate her brain somehow and we just can't see it. Actually, can I'm I? I'm realizing this makes me sound really callous.
3: Can I, like, try to fence if, that's like, okay. Dewey's brain is putting out
0: activity? Uh, technically, yeah, yeah. that's still that's a scam. That's a basic scam.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna do that, because, like, I mean,. Not to sound callous, if she's already flatlining, then I, you know...
0: That's fair enough. <laughs> then the food source has already been solved. Yes.
3: 27.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, no, Julie still has activity as what you would describe it as she is in REM sleep.
3: Okay. So Julie is not pet- Her brain has... Oh, maybe they can't eat
1: non-telepathic brains. Maybe it's just not hungry enough to try it.
3: Huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and probe the goo and and like ask it if it can't or won't
0: can't or won't
3: Julie's brain.
0: Okay. Uh, give me another roll. Twenty-two. Twenty. Twenty-two. <laughs> Basically you kind of have to translate it as is that food source not viable and the response is it should be but it isn't and we don't know why. Okay,
3: so they they need they need brains of a species capable of telepathy. I'm my
1: brain.
0: <laughs> Are you sure? I'm just throwing
1: that out there in case someone was thinking about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not my brain. Oh, really?
3: <laughs> so, I guess the first thing is are there any non sentient species that are capable of telepathy? At- that
0: is a very good question, which no. Nope. Nope. Oh, Wait, hold on. It's like, <laughs> that ever came up in the show, but it's not like I could try case. to
1: come up with something. Sorry, what? At sort of seriously, but not really. But kind of. Ty just spitballing here. Just uh, coming up with suggestions.
3: Because like, my initial okay. thought was like, let's get this to a bunch of zebra brains and we're good. But unless zebras have latent telepathy,
1: we are not good.
0: It's a good question, isn't it?
1: If only we could just it- throw some spoo in there and Waited it out
3: you know is the universal food <laughs> source we should try to see if it can eat spoo i
1: mean it's worth a shot you never know what's in <laughs> that crap it it might be brains it might like, be telepathic like like I believe,
3: i'm pretty sure the I believe, spoo. go ahead i'm pretty sure like every every species in I'm... babylon 5 can eat spoo okay.
0: Uh, they mentioned that certain species eat it differently, because the, the Centauri like it cooked, uh, the Narn will eat it raw, and the Narn will do it raw in front of the Centauri to gross them out.
3: That seems accurate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we should, we should totally try to see if this bug, if this bug group can eat Spoo, because that would solve a lot of problems. Yeah,
1: just make sure you get, don't get the imitation kind, because I wouldn't, to do that even to something that I've been advocating to just murder right now. I mean, there's murder right. and then there's torture. Yeah, it's just not right.
0: Okay, uh, according to the Babylon5fandom.com, uh, under the other grave meat, Spoo itself is a small, pasty white, mealy creature that is ideally raised in damp, moist and somewhat chilly environment that is generally considered among the ugliest animals known to the galaxy except by the Pokmoran who thinks Spoo simply look like they don't get enough exercise. <laughs> So, okay, I thought that, okay, I thought it was saying for something about uh, the popcorn not eating them, but never mind. Nope. Uh, Uniquely, the Interstellar Animal Rights Protection League official apology towards the treatment and well being of spoo is simply kill them. Misery. Yeah. Oh, here we go. The human digestive system itself is known to have an unfortunate and sometimes violent reaction if Spoo is eaten without first being properly treated, and even then, few find the taste to be as appealing as the Narn or Centauri, let alone palatable. So not everybody eats Spoo. As for the Pak they don't say specifically either way, so...
1: I mean, they could eat Spoo, they just don't want to, because they're not hungry enough.
3: Yeah. Yeah. i mean
0: yeah that's reasonable oh i have to mention this too uh, spoo is oops spelled backwards and babylon 5 was not the first place spoo appeared straczynski had previously been the writer on the 1983 cartoon series he-man and the masters of the universe and its spin-off she-ra Princess of power during the episode Gateway in, uh, to Trouble, the villain Skeletor is offered a bowl of Spoo, to which he responds, No! I don't want any Spoo! I hate Spoo! I don't even know what Spoo is! Dice. <laughs> so, okay, I had to check that one. So, but the other thing that you brought up about the, is there any other uh, latent telepathic non-sentient species? Uh, so basically, uh, the closest we ever got in the show to a telepathic animal, because he had a rule, no animals, no robots, no kids, Pear. was the peckling feeder, which was- Oh, yeah, yeah, such...
1: yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. You guys know what that is. I
3: remember so that episode. Was there was totally an episode with a
1: kid.
0: Oh, oh yeah, the, the one where, like,
1: Talia and her get, of like, the, the telepath kid-
0: Oh yeah, but she was played by a woman who was over eighteen, playing someone who was thirteen.
3: But what about the episode with the kid from the species that didn't believe in, in surgery? That Franklin. Uh-oh.
0: That's true. That's true. I almost forgot about that one. That
3: Franklin did a malpractice on
1: breaking your own
0: rules. <sighs> well, that's you know, Scorszyzki for you. It's, it's make your rules and then break them and see what fits.
1: Mm, fair enough.
0: So, yeah, but that's the only not held by. Uh, non-sentient creature that you've ever even heard of.
1: Mm. Well, I guess we could just try throwing some spoo in there and see if it'll eat it. Yeah, I'm trying to. Probably raw oh. spoo is best. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, to of the doctor is like, "Wait, raw spoo? Do you think it'll actually work?"
3: No idea,
1: but it's worth a try. I study and says All right, fine. for a living. I think it'll work just fine.
0: <laughs> That's right, that is your cover story, isn't it? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I completely forgot that you're in a different body.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the doctor says, alright, fine, but to get it in, we're gonna have to, you know, unseal this room to get it through. The isolab itself is gonna be continue to seal, and we could try to feed it through the slot to uh, and he got, refers to it as the slot. It's actually closer to. You guys remember the old days of drive uh, teller banking, where you mm-hmm. had that drawer that came out and put stuff. Yeah, exactly, like oh, that. And vacuumed oh, it up. Yep. Tubes. Oh, not the tubes. It was closer to the. Uh, remember the drive-up ones, not the tubes. But you would like. It would push out this drawer, and you would put stuff in the drawer, and then it would pull the whole drawer back, and then it would open up the top when you got it back.
1: Oh. The banks in our area had tubes. Well, yeah, I only remember they... the tubes back in the day, because okay. when I was a kid, I thought they were the coolest thing literally ever. That's because they are! They are actually, like, straight up. But yeah, uh, no. We're... Our banks tend to drive up tubes.
0: But yeah, so he explains that it's a lot like the drawer, which I mentioned, where, you know, you, you, you go through that way. The only other version I can think of is if you watch uh, Silence of the Lambs, that's how they feed Hannibal Lecter when he's still in the cage.
1: Mm-hmm okay yeah but yeah
0: so basically he, he could do that and he could order for the he could basically tell a nurse to go out and get the spoo and they're like they'll look at him funny like wait you want him to get what you're kidding right it's like no just no. He, he actually turns points at Ty and says the bug expert says they might like it go get some <laughs> and the when the nurse hears an expert says it he's like gotcha let me go get some <laughs> Some of the other doctors and nurses around are, are making again, they're the first thing they're doing is scanning the room, scanning you guys, scanning tubo, to make sure you guys don't show any signs of infection.
1: There. Uh, I think I would uh, know if I was infected because I am an expert.
0: Well <laughs> you're an expert in bug. You're not an
1: expert in whatever
0: the hell that is. Um
1: uh,
3: bug. We don't
1: know yet. Chrono bug? It bug. You don't know yet.
0: Uh, <laughs> as far as anyone can tell, blue honey that talks. Uh, yeah, They're somewhere. <laughs> so yes, they 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 go out. and They try to. They said it'll get a few minutes, and then they'll get what they can. And they do run out to the corner. Yes, yeah, spoo is available because again, there's at least one Narn uh, restaurant, so they and they can get spoo. And Centauri's do like it, and there are at least a couple Centauri on board, so there's spoo somewhere. and They will find it. And so while they're there, you guys are watching Doo-Li, uh just dealing. Now, I like I said, is in a uh, very deep sleep. She's obviously dreaming, but she's got that kind of sleep paralysis going where, uh, as much as you can tell from telepathically that she's engaged in something, she isn't actually moving her body other than to breathe. And that's kind of it. Y'all so...
1: you ever eat the preserved spoo from Anarn MRE? <laughs> how you <wind.
0: laughs> to so which again, a couple when you say that, a couple of people in the in the uh, med lab look at you kind of strangely because most of them are actually humans. However, one does raise his hand and actually said, "I have worst gas ever."
1: Mm-hmm. I did not leave the refresher for a week. I was, a, oh. that was a bad, real bad run.
0: In more than one way. Um, <laughs> she I walked into the other one. She walked into this one. Uh
1: I left the door open. So.
0: <laughs> but yeah, they're all waiting for this. Talk rule is going back and forth. Alright, so uh, I need to know what's going on. Tell me everything you got. I need to know. You know, is this infectious? Is this dangerous? Our scanners are saying it's some sort of possible life form, but in the same way that like amoebas and bacteria are life forms.
3: Amoeba is the larval stage of a species of predatory bug.
1: That's why I'm here. An
0: expert. All right. Sorry, what was that? I'm
1: an expert. <laughs> I did my Ph.D. on these. Mm. Not these specifically, but you know.
0: The doc... uh, Oh, by the way, Deception from Ty. I know that's a good skill for you, but I'm going to need Deception from Ty. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I could probably open my character sheet, that might help.
0: (laughs) Just a tad. (laughs) Just a little bit. I mean, I I don't want to tell you your business.
2: Here we go. (laughs)
1: <laughs> 31
0: <laughs> Oh wow. Um This is my first. Right. <laughs> How much That's you... like yeah, the plus sixteen. How much you have to botch to to for someone to look at you and go, I think you're lying. Uh <laughs> but um the thirty one he just kinda goes, Right, got it, no problem. Uh but he just looks around and says, Okay. Um, uh, give me a sense motive. Wait, wait. Uh, sorry, it's not sense motive anymore. A, uh, what is that now? Yeah, it is sense motive.
1: I got it.
0: Oh, yeah, cool. Me? Uh, yes. Actually, both okay. of you can do it. Oh, so you want me to do a sense motive too? Yeah, might as well. I got a 14. 14? Okay. Not bad. I also got a 14.
3: I, I love yeah. the fact
0: that one was, one was plus ten and rolled a four. The other one was Very plus good. three and rolled an eleven. That's just funny to me. Uh I shit like that.
1: Probability.
3: <laughs> I like, I like how it doesn't matter how good either of us are. We both just turn to the other and kind of shrug. Yeah.
0: Pretty More much. Like... So, uh, but he says, all right, so, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll give it a food. We'll see what we can do. But you mentioned before that it wants neural tissue. So uh, I can also see if we have any, uh, possible fatalities we might be able to, uh, uh, excise neural tissue from. I could try to get a replication going of some form of neural tissue it's not easy and, and even in our si- situation i was not even trying if we were in a major station or uh or if we were you know on on planet side i'd say yeah but this is uh you know this is a fun vessel
1: well see the thing about spoo is that they're like a complete animal and there's neural tissue in there somewheres so in theory it is eating neural tissue just kind of like eating potato chips i guess
0: Insults In other words, working chips. from a rudimentary system Working from a rudimentary system and trying to work your way up Okay, good call, Doctor
1: Unsalted um, potato chips <laughs> and Sitting outside for a while at a party
3: You can eat them, but like what's the point? If
1: you're
0: real <laughs> hungry, or real drunk Everyone does medical scans You guys are all coming out fine The spoo oh. eventually arrives, but uh, everyone okay. give me a notice check it's
1: gonna go well. My worst one. Let's do it. We don't have Tori here to make up for how bad Ty that is, it this? <laughs> I'm all sad uh, I got a 20. <laughs> okay, not bad.
0: Okay, I'm gonna give it surprisingly to Ty this time, as Mirgrath is otherwise focused on Goo.
3: I'm too um... excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm I am super psyched about science. Yeah.
0: Excuse me for the dated <laughs> reference, but you're more excited than a pointer sister. Hell yeah. They add, add the order for, They do the order for Spoo, they do the, uh, the doc is, that's right, you didn't get the notice check, so you're all trying to look around. <laughs> Tuvo is trying to do his best to try to read what's inside the canister, because he doesn't know what else to do. Everyone's panicking around here, and he's just kind of shivering and kind of locking up, and he, he can read some of this, so he's, he's going to try, and he's... That he doesn't know what else to do.
1: Chubo is such a good intern. Ty is not panicking. She's just hanging out making shit up. Yeah. Peter's yeah. also doctorate. not
3: panicking doctorate. but that's excited about science.
1: Her fake doctorate. So. <laughs> While you guys are looking
0: around again you keep an eye on on Dooley you keep an eye on the the, the gas cloud itself okay. seems to be settling a bit. Whatever that plume that came up seems to be, you know, returning to the goo one way or the other. Uh give me also one more notice check for the both of you. Oh fucking
1: oh, last.
0: Okay,
3: twelve
0: and twenty. I nice. Twenty. Alright, I will give it to the twenty. So as the as the goo settles, uh one of the larger droplets of the goo landed on the window between you you guys in the ISO lab. And uh the rest of it seems to be going back to either the, the tray or the, the canister, but otherwise trying to mold itself together into one pile on the floor. But this is what Mirgrat notices. One of the major droplets gathers yeah, smaller droplets onto the the, winch, onto the the window. And again it's it's kind of like watching uh, Mercury in reverse, you know? Mm. It's everything's kind of coming together, slowly smearing together, and when it does, you start watching as the goo starts changing shape, color, form, and it's starting to look slightly different.
3: Oh, sh... It, Toto. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's a different show! Uh... <laughs> That's debatable.
0: <laughs> I've, I've read his autobiography, yes. I, let's just say there's an interesting debate on that one. I will go into it in a minute, but moving forward. Uh, it's
3: not a debate if you've seen both shows, because it's pretty fucking
2: obvious.
0: <laughs> Apparently, that's one thing he mentions in his autobiography, is that he later got confirmation much later on like in the like 2010s that the writers room of deep Space 9 had his Bible out the entire time the one he submitted to Paramount and they rejected
1: mhm that sounds illegal so it, it is illegal he,
0: he probably should have sued the, the Dickens but he let it go for too long and then once the, the information came out he couldn't sue anymore the the uh, he had already his right of claim had, had expired
1: hmm. snoozy so I guess.
0: Well, it's also Paramount. Paramount has a lot of lawyers. Yeah. Just ask the, you know, Discovery team. Uh, but that's- Like, it was, that is, with if uh... you have enough lawyers. Sorry, what was that?
3: Nothing is illegal if you have enough lawyers.
0: <sighs> well, welcome to late-stage capitalism. Uh, anyway, but yeah, you're watching the goo, it's coalescing, and what you're starting to realize as you're watching this appendages are starting to form on the droplet. It's like the smaller droplets are coming to it and they combine and they start, one droplet becomes a very small leg, another droplet becomes a small antennae, another droplet, a couple of them, five or six of them come together as a head, like a good 20 or 30 of them come together as a body on almost a protoplasmic state. Okay.
3: You know, this episode is going to end with me giving it a hug.
0: Well, considering that it looks like a cockroach the size of your thumb with about 400 eye stalks that come out. Uh, I would like to yet
1: again suggest that we just fucking kill this thing. <laughs> as,
0: as, 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 as Ty basically goes, the. You know, I like Dooley, I wish her well. We should really engage the incinerator in here.
1: We but- we are sort of friends, but... I know you're trying to
3: describe this as a horrifying bug beast, but like, I'm a Poc This reminds
1: me of the pet I had growing up. <laughs> I feel like Dooley would approve of the just killing it method, and she wouldn't be <laughs> mad if she could <laughs> voice her decision. Her input. So to speak.
0: (laughs) Dear Tori, so you're gonna have to roll up a new
1: character. Because Ty did all her persuasion checks and (laughs) as you know, she's pretty good.
3: (laughs) Mistakes are made. Most my mirror Ty then had to clean up, but mistakes were made.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, this is what happens when you miss sessions <laughs> 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 God, what am I gonna do with you guys All right um, so yeah so um, you're watching this this creature. by the way, besides the the legs it actually has a pair of um, claw-like, Arms, not unlike a lobster's, except very small.
3: That's gonna and be like good I said, a myriad. That's going to be Sorry, so good for hugging. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, you've actually seen a decent picture now that I've actually created one of uh, what these things kind of look like, and yeah. you're seeing a very, very small one. And as some of the droplets come together it's starting to manifest and manifest. Now, I'm going to need one more telepathy check for this, and there's a particular reason.
1: You know, that thing's really small. You just open the door and fucking stomp it. <laughs> or, like, hit it with something. Like, I could probably find a rolled-up newspaper around here somewhere.
0: Okay, was that the uh, 23 yes. you got? Okay. So, what you're noticing here, this is where it gets interesting. Besides, oh, and do you have a knowledge nature or something to that effect?
3: Uh, I believe I have knowledge biology.
0: I'll I'll take that. Go ahead and give me a roll on that one.
3: I do have knowledge biology.
0: 29. 29. All right. (sighs) You figured out what the goo is. Uh, With 29, I'm just going to give you for the extra point or two, just say, okay, fine. When you're watching it coalesce like this, you figured it out. What happens inside a cocoon? No. goo. Yes, a caterpillar is literally reduced to goo and recombines into a butterfly. What you're watching now is the same practice without a cocoon.
3: So in order to keep up my steady stream of Pokemon references this episode, we're looking at the inside of a Metapod.
0: Something like that, yes. But here's the other thing you're realizing is that it's acting like this, almost as if it doesn't have a caterpillar phase. Whatever those the goo is, is the young. And it's going to combine itself. Now, the reason I gave you asked for a telepathy check is you're starting to notice that as it comes together, Basically, it's trying to recombine uh, in the same way that a caterpillar does. And the reason I asked you for a telepathy check is you're noticing that the, as it comes together, the vibe it's giving off, the telepathic vibe, is dimming. And it's dimming pretty quick as it gains some sort of cohesion.
3: So it's becoming less telepathic as it turns into a butterfree.
0: Exactly.
1: Interesting. I'd like to advocate for the newspaper again.
0: <laughs> I want ad- a newspaper, I want fly swatters, I want DDT, and I want it now! I feel like
3: Ty would, would give her right arm right now for one of those electric tennis rackets.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> Can somebody please lower the bug zapper into there? <laughs>
2: So, join us again for another exciting adventure on Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story.
0: No, they will join me next time. Unless you would like to stick around for another production. I have a role for you in my next production, yes?
2: No one is ready for that kind of horror. I'm getting out of here. Bye.
1: Wait, where are you going? Don't you even want another girl?
0: And that's where we're in for this week. I want to thank everyone for joining us and hope that you continue to join us every two weeks for another episode of Odyssey. If you have any questions, comments, constructive criticisms, or just want to say hi, then you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey or email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com or now you can follow us on Twitter at odysseyb5dm. Babylon 5 was created by J. Michael Straczynski and is owned by Warner Brothers Domestic Media. The Babylon 5 role-playing game was produced by Mongoose Publishing, utilizing the OGL gaming license for D20. Our audio engineer is Gabriel Belt. Our theme music, Titan Striker, was composed by Evan King. Incidental music provided by Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. All other music provided by Creative Commons license and is available of information on our website. Once again, I am Daniel, And I thank you for joining us on this grand adventure. Good night, and keep dreaming. Special thanks to our special guest star, Melissa, narrator of the Haunted Tales podcast. Please find Haunted Tales on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts, including this one. Thank you once again. It was great working with you.